0: Work. It was very hard. Would you take on these properties? Rent gets paid. Lettings is a circle that never ends. I can understand that once a month. Have a beer, shoot the breeze. Hi,
1: Jonathan Williams back again at Bricks and Water Podcast. Bricks and Water Podcast, well, that's a podcast about property. If you've got an interest in property, buying, selling, renting, or investing in property, then Let's hope we're going to float your boats and light your candle. i tell you what we've got this week. We've got one of our interview shows. A couple of weeks back, I met with Ross McLeod of McLeod Lettings. Great chat with him. Tells us how he started in the pub game. Went over to Guild Pro Letting and then ended up at McLeod Lettings. Tells us... It gives us a great insight into the world of lettings. So I'm going to pop that on and I'm sure you'll get some great insights into the lettings game. I'll tell you what I've been doing. In fact, I'm just talking to you on a Saturday morning and I've just done my first video shoot for Glasgow West End today. Um, Do go onto the Facebooks for Glasgow West End today and I'm going to be doing 10 videos on Glasgow West End today and that's going to be on solicitors about what questions you need to be asking your prospective solicitors before you hire them. That'll be coming out and it'll be drip fed out to the market onto Glasgow West End today. Uh, Have a look at that and hopefully that will then drive some more traffic to the podcast website. The other thing I've been doing obviously in my day-to-days is uh, meeting a lot of people on in the uh, the property side of things. If you go onto Facebook these days, there's a huge proliferation of networking groups that are all interested in property, leveraging property, flipping property, buy-to-let properties. And if you're in that game and you need a little bit of education, I tell you what, it, It's no bad place to go. Some great contacts and the knowledge in these things. You're dealing with guys who have got 15, 16, 20 odd flats, but in the game, 5, 10 years. And they've got a mindful of information. So if you're interested at all in the property game, then get onto Facebook, type in Property Network Events and go along. It's just great. Listen, enough of me prattling on, let's go and talk to Ross. Okay, it's Jonathan Williams here, back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Um, this week we've got a bit of a treat for you. We're, we're talking with Ross McLeod, and if you've ever rented a property in Glasgow, you've probably come across Ross, maybe not in the current guise that he's in, but certainly when he was with Guild Pro and also Merchant Lettings. He's been 20 years in the game as far as the lettings. And we're just going to chew the fat for half an hour or so with Ross. So Ross, good afternoon to you. How are
0: you doing? Good afternoon. I'm well. I'm well, thank
1: you. Listen, let's take you back to... You, we were talking and we've just been chewing the fat a little bit um, for the last 20 minutes or so before we pressed record. Uh, and you said you are in the pubs game. But you came out of the pubs game and probably went into to letting. So, so let's talk about not pulling pints, but trying to get some tenants.
0: Yeah, I I ran a number of bars and restaurants uh, throughout Glasgow, some very well known ones and not so well known ones. And as a sideline, had started to buy and refurbish flats right. and either sell them on or rent them out. And when my time was called on the license trade, um, I lo- I was looking for a new direction. Okay. I spent. So how like, how old were you then? Um. I was 23. Right, okay. But i have been in the licensed trade. Uh, Man and boy. For nine years. Right. At that point. Okay. Started very young at the age of 14. And yeah, I just, yeah, I think you're time limited in the licensed trade. Mm. Uh, Unless
1: you're going to go in and start sort yeah. of buying stuff and buying pubs and, and becoming licensees and what have
0: you. Yeah, it wasn't for me. I enjoyed it. I made a lot of good friends. Um, I made a lot of fantastic contacts mm-hmm. and um, I took a few months out and an opportunity arose to join a small um, letting agency called Gilpro Management. We had, I think, 42 properties on the books. Okay. And within three years, um, we had grown that to well over 300. Wow. Partly down to a lot of people, me bumping into a lot of people and them asking me where I happened to be and um, when I explained that I was no longer in licensing and uh, doing property rentals saying, oh, I have a flat or I have a couple of flats or yeah. so and so forth. So this
1: is 2000, is it? 2000 and...
0: Your maths are better than mine, this has <laughs> been, uh, yeah, round about the 1999, 90, 2000, 2001. Right. Okay. And So just
1: at the sort of start of the buy to let boom where you could start getting your mortgages for your for your buy to let properties? And this yeah. is, this is just a small local outfit, thirty two, and then suddenly wow you're at three hundred?
0: Yeah, it was hard work. It was very hard work and it and um but we grew it significantly and um an opportunity arose through various reasons to to acquire the business of a, another agency called Merchant Executive Properties, okay. which was a long-established city centre agency. Yeah, and we bought over Merchant Executive and then rebranded as Merchant Lettings, okay. which took us to five offices, forty-one staff, the whole central belt. Wow, um, So a big big player. We had over, well, over two and a half thousand properties that we were managing. So a very, very substantial business.
1: Okay. And then Countrywide
0: came calling. Countrywide came calling and myself and my co-directors wanted to pursue other avenues. Right, okay. So we did a deal with Countrywide and we sold the business.
1: Good, good. And then did you have to have time out? Because I know from my legal background that sometimes there are no compete clauses in these kind of deals. Um, Or was it the case that you built it up to such an extent that you thought, you know what, I'll go and explore and maybe do something else and then have decided to come back to McLeod. So tell us what your rationale was once you've done the deal. What's your next step? What are you thinking of doing?
0: I took five or six months out, right, okay. um, which I needed. Uh, I was I was done in, uh-huh. but ironically, on the day that we sold the business, a lady approached my wife in the driveway of her house asking for me, and my wife explained that I wasn't available. I sold the business that day, and I was out celebrating. Um, the lady turned out to be a neighbour or a near neighbour, who then a few weeks later approached me again, came round to the house, and I asked her, you know, what I could help her with, and she had some fundamental issues with her property portfolio, which was being managed by another agent, right, and she wanted my help as an independent.
1: Uh-huh. Just to overview it and see. To what overview you it and do. ask
0: whether it was correct and whether things were being done uh-huh. correctly. And I was astonished at what she was telling me. Right. Utterly astonished. Okay. Because someone with a substantial portfolio should be, you know, moleculed and looked after yep. and, and cared for. And we're talking a portfolio in excess of £2 million. So it was astonishing what I was reading. And I I guided her and I helped her um, in sorting out the fundamental issues that Mm -hmm. she had. And then she said to me, um, would you take on these properties? Right.
1: And reluctantly you decided
0: that that was... And reluctantly um, I took them on and I set up Answers Lettings. Right. And the rest, as they say, is
1: so the day that you sold it and then however long it took you to sort this woman's problems out it was only that short period of
0: time that you were back in the game it was about six months jeez Um, you must
1: just love this then
0: I do love it I'm very very passionate I'm very outspoken I'm very passionate about what we do yeah Um,
1: and did you want to do things differently than you'd done at Merchant, or were you just going to try and replicate it, or were there things at Merchant you thought, you know what, if I was out I do my own thing a little bit smaller, I want to do it differently?
0: One of the difficulties that I think a lot of businesses face is when you go through a period of exceptional growth, mm-hmm. it can be very difficult to keep a handle on your day-to-day business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I felt that if I could start again the clean sheet, I would do things very, very differently. Mm-hmm. And that was the ethos behind the business. Partly around this client who had clearly been mistreated. And it, it's a huge passion of mine, property. Um, a huge passion of mine is people. I'm a big people person. And I think somewhere along the line, in residential lettings, the intrinsic value of property became forgotten. And sometimes you have to monify to people mm-hmm. what they actually have. Yeah, Three flats in the West End, over half a million pounds. It's over half a million pounds. And, you know, would you give that to the 17-year-old teller at the Bank of Scotland to look after for you? No, you wouldn't. So, therefore, why would you just give it to somebody who's not giving it the care and attention that it deserves. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the ethos Um, behind the business was to be far more focused on my clients, almost fewer clients, better properties, more properties for fewer clients, Mm -hmm. and give those clients the the value that that they deserve. Yeah. it's not generally speaking, residential landlords. It's, it's not their core business. Their core business is what's allowed them then to diversify into maybe buying a property or two properties or three properties, mm-hmm. and, and they don't have the time to double check everything you're doing.
1: But you're quite you're very picky, I think, on actually taking properties on and landlords on. Whereas you you, you certainly see that for. For a lot of agents, it's, it's a stock. I've got to have stock. I've got to keep getting stock. Stock, 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 stock. Whereas you're very much down to, if it doesn't fit your criteria, then I don't care. I'm not taking it on. But why did you come up with that idea?
0: There's, it's not a numbers game for me. Right. Um, it's, quality of product. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will approach me and say, well, you only deal with the high end, which is completely incorrect. We have a number of social housing properties that we look after, um, a number of much smaller properties. And again, we look after properties between Glasgow and Edinburgh and Stirling. But it's the quality of the product, because the quality of the product tells the tenant the kind of person I am in relation to the landlord. And that's the most important thing. We don't advertise for clients. When you advertise for clients, the majority of people in my experience that contact you are price driven. Mm. They want the best deal. And I always say to people, it's a bit like buying a television, which are items that are now sadly disposable. But you can buy a television for £100 and you'll Watch it for a year; it will find its way into landfill. Or you can buy a television, the same size of television for a thousand pounds, but you will hand that television to your children, who mm-hmm. will still watch it. Yeah. You can't. You can't discount quality either in in service or product. So we don't discount our fees. Um, ni- over ninety nine percent of our business is referral so if somebody is referred to us mm-hmm. they already understand or have a, have a loose understanding of how we operate which is why they've been referred yeah and what they want is a quality service and they will pay for that mm-hmm. now we're still actually incredibly competitive in our fee structure probably one of the lowest fees in the industry but yet people still try and drive you down further in your fees yeah and you get to a point where you can't do it I can't provide the level of service I want to give you at the price point that you expect mm-hmm. to get it and then they have to walk and I, I on more occasions than I care to mention have said to clients I am not the guy for you mm-hmm. I'm not the guy for you mm-hmm. thank you but you it's, better it's very way.
1: interesting what you say there and, and, and I do um, I've got a networking group that I go to on a Friday and, and I for, for my sins are I'm the educational coordinator so I have to stand up and do a sort of 2 to 5 minute pitch on you know driving your business forward and one of the things that I did just last week was do a sort of client quadrant as to what kind of clients you want and if you can imagine the box of four and on the left hand side you've got cheap and below that difficult and on the right hand side affluent and sophisticated what you need to drive your business forward to is affluent and sophisticated because if you drive it towards the cheap, then the cheap are you, is going to be a race to the bottom. And I see that with my sort of legal hat on, that legal fees as far as convincing is concerned. Conveyancing is a fairly straightforward, technically legal thing to do, but you're dealing with people. And if you don't do it correctly, the thing can be a car crash. But the public nowadays are just now infatuated with how cheap can they get their legal fees. And unfortunately, there's a reason why cheap is next to difficult. Because when you get a cheap client, you're probably going to get a difficult client. And if you get a difficult client, they'll probably won't be a cheap client. So that's really interesting what you're saying, that you're driving yourself away from that um, and looking at, at products.
0: One of the things I explain to my clients is by entrusting me to look after your property, what I say goes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are Do quite taken aback by that. This is my property. That may, be, that may be the case. It's my job to ensure your rent continues to grow, your rent gets paid, and your property is professionally maintained. Mm-hmm. Be it in five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, you choose to sell, and you're not left with a pile of rubble. You're left with a tangible asset that has grown exponentially, and you know has been has been continually tenanted. And therefore, if I say we need to do something, I'm telling you we need to do that. Yeah, there's a reason behind and do you get much pushback from the clients on, on that or
1: do they say listen well if I'm going with Ross that's what I'm buying into and I can see the end game I can see the long term gain of that and think well listen that's his job he's been in the game for 20 years or so I'm quite happy to run with that
0: most or by the end of my, are they thinking that no, most, of, <laughs> most of my clients are on, are, are on board there's a lettings is a circle that never ends yeah and letting and management is the polar opposite of estate agency where you instruct an estate agent, they'll market your property, you'll have a relationship lasting hopefully no more than three months you will never see the estate agent again you will never see the person that's bought your property if you have any anyway in the first case and, uh-huh. and you will draw a line under the entire transaction including your time within that property and you will move on to your next property Yeah. but in lettings the circle never stops There is always a relationship, and because the person's not a homeowner, the tenant is a tenant, they will have friends around, and the conversation will automatically go to what a lovely property you live in, and who's your agent, and are they reactive, and how do you get on with them, and and that's another very, very important relationship to us. I can't tell you, dozens of times a year where we don't have to market property because the current occupant has said actually I'm being relocated to Manchester but my friend loves the flat so much yeah. and, and I've explained my mm. relationship with you could they take it so um it, it's, it's relationships are what letting is mm-hmm. all is mm-hmm. all about and, and you have to maintain those relationships okay. and they're always really important uh, to us as a business mm-hmm. at were just past Christmas and um we were receiving gifts from our tenants. Wow. (laughs) Which I can promise you has never happened before. I got a delightful bottle of gin from one of my tenants and a lovely card saying, thank you for all your help over the last 18 months. That's what my business is about. I I can comfortably sleep at night. Um, But if we receive a bad review or if someone has a bad experience, um, it keeps me awake at night. Yeah. It does keep me awake at night. um
1: take you back a little bit as to when you were starting out on the the journey of a business and, and getting into the to the landlord mentors is a, a a big thing for me, and you know certainly I'm getting to the stage and and you're probably getting to the stage as well that somebody has helped you in the past and you're keen to pay it forward as it were Did, was there anybody that you could say you know what they really helped me out they were maybe one of the reasons why I got into the Lettings and once you were in Lettings who was it within Lettings that was really a shining star
0: As you may have gathered at this point I'm, I'm very single minded and, and, and driven and I'm very very focused on what I do and I, I, I haven't had a mentor but I, I use that loosely I'm very fortunate to have some very Close friends that are hugely successful in their fields.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mentor. They don't. Un- they don't understand the lettings business, but in a general, 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 excuse me, in a general business sense. Yep. Great guys to bounce ideas about. Uh-huh. Great guys to about say, moving your business forward. About anything, right? Okay. I think you know, and I think it's up, I think it's something that guys tend to do. When get together once a month have a beer shoot the breeze I'll hear about their business and mm-hmm. they'll hear about mine and if they have a problem you'll discuss it openly and you'll everyone will put their different views in almost like a mastermind group I think that's I think it's a really important thing to have I don't talk about my business to my wife um, I like to keep it separate I go home have a nice family life uh-huh. if I have a business problem and there are two or three people I will pick up the phone to and say you know can't believe this has happened yeah you know um, what do you think
1: and can you can you see yourself in the, in the coming years wanting to assist somebody in in giving the knowledge that, that you've learned and the mistakes that you've made and the successes that you've made is that something that you feel that you would like to to give back
0: if the opportunity arose I think if the opportunity arose, I would love to do that yeah. sadly, what I find is a lot of young people starting out in certainly the property business see it as a means to get very rich very quickly, which is simply not the case um, and I think if you're, if you I think if your motivator is, is Money—it's never been my motivator. I think if you, if you are moderately successful, how much is enough? And I guess, uh-huh. I guess it's um, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I think I'm, a lot of young people—it's—it's it's all about you know making a lot of money and being hugely successful. And if that's in lettings, great. I'll try that for a few years. Uh-huh. And if it doesn't work, we'll move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would be not the type of person I can completely understand that if you're getting somebody new, and f- from your point of view they're just in it as a, a get rich quick scheme that's not the type of person that you're wanting to help you're wanting probably to help somebody who's similar to you and has got the same aspirations and, and beliefs I think that's where mentoring works
0: think if i found someone with the the right passion i would be delighted to to mentor that person but first and foremost in life is follow your passion Mm -hmm. and if you're passionate about something that will shine through people will see that passion and they'll want to grab that passion and help make it work for them
1: yeah yeah you have to have that passion as far as property is concerned. But do you think and I'm gonna now sort of sidetrack into the issues that are now facing the buy to let market. And I'm wondering if that passion is for for some investors is is becoming a little tired and stayed, what with the tax implications, the stress tests on the buy to let. Are you seeing any down fall as as far as um, the buy-to-let market? What's your take on, on where we're going with the, the future of buy-to-let and the kicking that buy-to-let investors seem to have been given over the last 18 months?
0: I think there's been a backlash to the lettings industry in general for yeah. the last decade, mm-hmm. be that agents or landlords. And whilst I understand there are still landlords operating all over the UK who shouldn't be operating uh, and have no care or concern for their, the occupants of their properties mm-hmm. I feel that the reaction the, 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 the response to that by local authority and government has been reactionary and jump on it, get it done, introduce this don't care how it's going to affect our own. let's just get it done yep. and even in, in, in so much as the landlord registration scheme within Scotland hasn't been as slick as it could have been. It, it was launched and you had to do it, and maybe not quite as well thought out as it could have been, mm-hmm. and certainly not as easy uh, as it could have been. The additional second home additional stamp duty. I can understand that to an extent if you've been successful and you choose to buy a cottage in the west coast of Scotland for you and your family to occupy one weekend in every eight, um, I can see the the theory behind that additional stamp duty. Mm -hmm. But if you've done reasonably well and you want to invest in a property that is going to come to... The rental market. You're going to provide quality accommodation for somebody who can't get on the housing ladder, or somebody who's visiting the country for a a long or a short period of time. Mm -hmm. I think it's had a huge knock-on effect, and it's another barrier that people have said it's not worth it. No, it's not worth it anymore. And I think the the consequence of that is is a lot more properties coming back onto the market for sale. Yes fewer landlords buying into the market, um, but much more institutional investors coming in Mm -hmm. because there are huge tax breaks, which kind of seems unfair.
1: Well, that's what I can't understand. Um, They're almost penalising the individual who wants to run a business as an individual, not interested in going limited company to get the tax breaks, but they're just they're saying well no you're they're almost forcing you to now put it on a limited company footing mm-hmm. but they've not understood that if you've got 15 20 however many flats the cost of transferring those into a limited company is penal it is absolutely penal you've got you have to pay your three percent stamp duty your capital gains tax issues quite possibly you've got to be arm's length solicitors will be Pouring over the, the the title, I mean, goodness knows how many sets of solicitors will be involved. You'll have one for the bank, you'll have one for you, you'll have one. You have to get three sets of solicitors, four maybe even. Looking at it, and I I just think that the, the, there's been no joined up thinking, and it's almost as if they thought bytolet it's become too successful, and it's that sort of tall poppy syndrome where they thought you know what they'll be the next ones we'll have a chop at, and we'll just see if we can get as much tax off them as possible
0: I agree with you I think without sounding too controversial I think uh, success in the UK and certainly in Scotland is, is frowned upon
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's, you know you, 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 you can't be successful um, it's not allowed and I think that, that landlords in whatever guise they are, whether it's somebody with one property or somebody with a hundred properties, um, are being penalised mm-hmm. for no reason apart from the fact that, as you say, it, it's, it's flourished, it's become massively successful, people on paper are million, multi-millionaires. Um, none of that's taken account of, it's just... What we should do as a country is, is, is envelop that, grasp it and say, this is our thing. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fantastic sign of the economic times in some of the cities within Scotland, be it Glasgow, Edinburgh, the university cities primarily, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Dundee, Aberdeen, St Andrews. It's a phenomenal thing. Yeah. And if landlords are coming along and investing in that area, they're paying tax they're paying council tax they're getting properties occupied embrace it yeah don't turn these people away you know we've all seen in the financial crash we we all I certainly know a number of people during the financial crash who had all of the money in stocks and shares blue chip stocks and shares Mm -hmm. look what happened there Mm -hmm. how could it go wrong you have to allow people diversification yep Stocks and shares, some cash, a property, maybe two, a commercial premises, allow people to do that. Mm. The problem that we face in this country, which we are not addressing, is the age of retirement is not increasing commensurate with life expectancy. And therefore, we're all going to be working longer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're all going to be working longer. How is that? end of life care going to be paid for when we're all Jonathan you and I it's perfectly feasible you and I will live till we're 110 115 years old Mm -hmm. now you know that's not that can't be said for the generation before us or the generation before that so we all have to invest we all have to look after our money make sure it goes further for a much longer period of time And when you, when the government say, it's okay, £75,000 is guaranteed in a bank, backed by the government, that wouldn't pay one year's old, folks. No. Care home fees. Mm -hmm. So all of these things have to be addressed. It's not about the here and now. It's about the future. It's about providing for your children. It's about providing for your... The dotage years, as it were. Yeah. Um... And you can't just put all your eggs in one basket, you know. And people realise that, but when they turn and say maybe we should invest in a property, oh my word! We have to what? We have to? Why do we have to do all of this mm-hmm. stuff? Why are we being penalised left, right, and centre mm-hmm. because we want to invest in a property for our own future? So the market is is absolutely changing. All, more more recently, I've had a number of clients come and speak to me about investing in property which is fantastic news but it's certainly nowhere near the levels it was at seven, eight, nine years mm-hmm. ago. That's interesting and you're talking there about the changes
1: in the market let's talk Airbnb now there's in, there is not enough holiday at hotel accommodation in Glasgow and certainly in Edinburgh that's exactly the same an airbnb just seems to be this wave that seems to be enveloping um, a lot of landlords and, and they seem to be jumping on the bandwagon
0: do, do you think that that's got legs it's not something that we've looked at no. in any great depth um i'm asked about it on a regular basis between not so much Airbnb, but short-term lets. Mm-hmm. I'm asked on a daily basis, could I start doing short-term lets? I've looked on it the same way I've looked on it when people phone me and say, can you arrange a mortgage for me or insurance or can you buy a property for That's me? That's not our core. We do, we do. Yeah, We provide good quality, long-term, or medium to long-term accommodation for people. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in a place, in a position to... For example, I don't know the ins and outs of Airbnb and whether there is ever an agreement or a lease or a I mean I, I can't I don't have the knowledge as to how it works. yeah, I think it is proving popular. Mm-hmm. but it's a bit. I ran a restaurant in Finiston 20 years ago.
1: That's when Finiston had charity shops and fruit right.
0: and fruit shops. Right. And the main restaurant was a chippy. But we had the exhibition centre. Right. So once a week, twice a week, three times a week, we would do 8,000 covers in a day. And then you would have three weeks when there was nothing on at the exhibition centre. Right. So you would do six covers that day. Mm-hmm. The simple fact is that you can't run a business on sporadic. Mm-hmm. I imagine and I haven't really investigated it but I imagine the majority of Airbnbs are the visiting people like any city has flying in on a Friday and going out on a Sunday mm-hmm. so I don't see how it can work if you're only doing that three times a month maybe four times a month but again I'm not in a position to mm-hmm. comment but mm-hmm. my my imagination tells me you know does anyone come to Glasgow on a Tuesday night and then go home on a Thursday night? You see, I, I, see. I, I
1: was very much of that opinion until I started to speak to some investors who were doing Airbnb. And, and it enlightened me insofar as it's not necessarily those who are coming to the city to go for a concert or a reason to come to the city. Sometimes it's actually short-term employment and they need to get employment. So if you can jump on the bandwagon with you know an employer who needs some accommodation for his staff and they don't want to pay hotel rates and would rather have you know two of them in a two-bed flat then that makes commercial sense to them so i think that there is i think if you're getting into that sort of airbnb you've got to go in very much with an open attitude that it's not just your friday saturday sunday lets. Um, it's it's the whole gamut, and that there does seem to be an under, I was say underclass air but a, a, a swell of people who are looking for that accommodation that certainly in Glasgow they don't have that ability because there's not enough hotel rooms. But to me, I, I just think it's what a hassle. You're just, you're becoming a hotel, and I'm thinking, oh, do you really do you really need that? And then there's the legal implications. You've maybe got a mortgage and you've said to the lender, you know what, yes, of course, I'm going to get a short assured tenancy and I'll get my AT5 from, etc. And then as soon as you've signed and and your signature's not wet, you're off trying to do an Airbnb. Now, that's going to be against the mortgage. Um, And I'm sure anybody who's doing Airbnb who's got a mortgage, there's no way they've got approval to do that from the lenders. And I'm just going to be interested in the next year or so as to whether or not lenders are going to start going down the route of allowing Airbnb on short on uh, on mortgages I,
0: I, I agree with you, I think it, it poses all sorts of problems Yeah. as you've just pointed out with your mortgage lender or you have a couple or a few couples that come and stay in your property because they're going to see take that on Saturday night and they're finished in and they're from another country and they arrive here and they leave the tap on before they go out and they flood the guy downstairs and in turn flood the guy downstairs again and there's the insurance null and void and then you have another problem because it's well, not it's been let out yeah. it shouldn't have been uh-huh. let out yeah. Yeah. the fact is if you look at hoteliers you can now stay in a premier inn for £80 pounds a night and it's delightful it's clean uh-huh. it's immaculate beds are comfortable Get food on tap, you can drink on tap. You can have your shoes polished for an additional cost. The way I see it, the majority of Airbnbs that I have looked at in the past, in any city I would want to visit, mm-hmm. are comparable to the cost of a hotel, and sometimes more expensive if you go through the right hotel website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand there's not enough rooms in hotel rooms in Glasgow, and there's not enough hotel rooms in Edinburgh. But that's not every day of the week that is when there is an influx so we've got some you know adele coming to the exhibitions coming to the 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 hydro Mm -hmm. and of course she's going to pull people from where she isn't so she's not up in inverness or aberdeen or the shetland isles or orkney or dundee she's only doing two gigs in glasgow so you're pulling on five million people Slight exaggeration. That you know, you're pulling a far bigger audience than she can possibly cope with, and that's where your Airbnbs come in, because the hotels are sold out. Mm-hmm. But it's not an everyday occurrence. I don't believe it's an everyday occurrence. Mm-hmm. Two weekends ago, I went to to Scotland, Italy, and at Murrayfield, I, I got the, I I got the tickets yeah. on. Uh, I got the tickets on the Friday. Yep. Yeah. The game was on the The game was on the Saturday. Uh, the on the Saturday uh-huh. and I got a hotel room on Prince's Street on the Friday for £72 uh, for two hours Uh so it's a fine it's a fine line Uh Airbnb is not something that we would do
1: yeah so listen I'll walk you to the exit it's been a fascinating um, chat with you Um, uh, as ever when I, I speak to anybody who's in the property game the main thing that I see is a passion um, and you just have to have that passion because it's unsociable hours you're dealing with the public um, and you've got to have that, that passion so listen it's been fantastic and uh, wish you all the best for McLeod Lettings
0: thanks very much it's been a pleasure talking to you too.
1: so that was Ross McLeod It's was cool wasn't it yeah he's doing really well for himself and uh I say if you've got a property to let then do give him a call McLeod Lettings and he'll certainly look after you. I'm going to wrap it up now we're going up to uh, watch the girls playing hockey we're in the fag end of the hockey season a few trials coming up for districts etc so uh, number two's now involved in, in all of that stuff So uh, we'll see how she gets on We're going to go up there and say watch some, some hockey uh, Yesterday I was doing my BNI thing As I do on a Friday BNI We meet out in Motherwell And that's a sort of networking event And what I was doing there was my educational slot As I do every week And this week's educational slot was all about getting a morning routine. And I tell you what, for 20, 25 years as a solicitor, I just used to get out out, out of my kipper, get into work, really didn't organise my day, didn't have any habits, didn't have any rituals. <laughs> reading this book um, uh, by Hal uh, auron uh, The Morning... Miracle It has just opened my eyes as to how important it is to have a ritual that's to say he talks about six things that you should be looking to do, but it's when you wake up to when you actually start and clock on at work and he's got this down as a, a, a an acronym called savers so I'll just run through that and then we'll finish off so s. S is for silence, he's a big one into meditation. Meditation might float, might not float your boat, but I tell you what, give it a try. It's quite eye-opening, I have to say, and once you get over the potential hocus-pocus of meditation and sitting and becoming zen-like, it does work. So S is for silence. A is for affirmations and again this is all about these great little phrases that you hear that you read in these business books etc and just writing those down recording those onto your iPhone or, or your Samsung or whatever and then just listening to those I've got two or three minutes of affirmations that I listened to on a daily basis and it just gets you ready for the day. V V is for visualization. You will have heard all the sports superstars talking about visualization and what they're doing is that they are imagining their best day, their best performance and again that takes a little bit of getting used to and a bit of practice. But once you're honed in and practising that on a daily, daily basis, it brings rewards. Undoubtedly, it brings rewards. These sports people wouldn't do it unless it was successful, but you need to do it on a regular basis. E E is for exercise. Got to try and get some exercise in before you get to work. I know that's probably, of all the things here, that's probably the one that's a wee bit problematic for most people. R. R is for reading. And what he's suggesting is that you try and read between five and 10 pages of a business book or a self-help book, something that is going to drive your knowledge forward. But as with all these things, knowledge is the first step. If you're not taking action on that knowledge, what's the point in reading? So it's all very well reading but you need to take action on that that knowledge that you're reading and then finally s is for scribbling and that's all about journaling this isn't adrian moles diary no this is i'll tell you what to do go on to google and google in five minute journal rather than me talking about journaling that will give you an insight as to how important that is it's all about gratitude have a go at that i'm going to knock out of here as ever it's your journey it's your podcast it's the bricks and water podcast it's a sideways look at property.